there had been abuse in my family, uh, but it was mostly musical in nature. Are you ready to get your world rocked? Ready! Are you ready to get your mind blown? Do it! One, two, three, four! While the charts are dominated by old standards and megastars, there are a ton of exciting new and lesser-known acts that deserve your attention. I'm Greg Cott. And I'm Jim DeRogatis. We'll happily share our trove of buried treasures and review a new record from rock icon Bob Seger. That's all coming up on Sound Opinions. This is Sound Opinions, and later in the show, we're going to review the new album from Bob Seger. Greg, I can sense some people out there saying, Bob Seger, what the heck are they doing? He's the dude who wrote cheesy songs and then sold them to car commercials. But there's more to Seger, isn't there? Well, I think there's a reason Seger's making records again, is that his sound is huge in Nashville right now. If you look back at those Seger records in the 70s, they are totally influencing what's happening in country music in Nashville today. So in some ways, he's more relevant than ever. Well, we'll get to the Seeger record later in the show, but first, some music news. That's a little bit of Mustang Ford from Mark Bolin and Tyrannosaurus Rex, speaking of car commercials, Greg. We've done a lot of stories over the years about the recording industry suing its customers for illegally downloading music, always looking for new ways to put the brakes on that, car pun, appropriate. They are now suing the motor companies, uh, General Motors and the Ford Motor Company and their suppliers in particular. Many new cars come loaded with a digital audio recording device, often as part of the often as part of the navigation system. So you can download into your car tracks that you have, uh, say, in your iTunes library and that you, you may well have purchased legally. But a group called the Alliance of Artists and Recording Companies has filed a lawsuit against the car companies seeking $2,500 in damages for every, in Ford's case, Mustang, Taurus, or Navigator that rolls off the assembly line with one of these audio recording devices. Ford is uh, dumbfounded and sort of aghast at this. They put out a statement saying neither Ford nor Clarion, the audio company, is in the business of facilitating the serial copying of music. The defense that they're going to use in court is that in 1992, when Congress passed the Audio Home Recording Act, it said it was okay for you to transfer music that you own onto a blank CD. That had been an extension of uh, a law that was passed a, a decade or so earlier saying it's okay for you to transfer music that you've purchased onto audio cassette. This is a concept the recording industry never has liked, and we'll see if they can win this time in trying to stop it.
That is LFO with the track called LFO. Now, this is not to be confused with the American boy group LFO. We're talking about the LFO from the late 80s, early 90s in the UK rave music scene. One of the pioneering groups of that second wave of electronic music that pretty much took over the world for a brief span there in the early 90s. The reason we're playing it is the co-founder of LFO, Mark Bell, died recently at the age of 43, complications after surgery. One of the more influential groups from that era. They were one of the early signees to the Warp record label, which went on to work with people like Aphex Twin. And they were part of that wave with Aphex Twin, the Orb, Autech, or Orbital, that created the rave scene in the UK and then worldwide. Two key albums by LFO during that era, Frequencies and Advance. As I mentioned, LFO, that track went top 20, which was uh, pretty rare for electronic music up until that era. And then went on to have a career as an influential producer. He worked on Deltron's 3030 debut album, one of my favorite releases of the last 15 years. Also worked extensively with uh, Depeche Mode and particularly Bjork. He was very close collaborators with Bjork on a number of her albums, beginning with Homogenic in 1997. I want to play a track from that particular album that illustrates uh, Bell's touch as a producer, not only blending electronic music, but also classical and chamber pop elements in this particular track. Listen to the beautiful string arrangement on the track I'm going to play. It's Yoga from Bjork as produced by Mark Bell on Sound Opinions. All these accidents that happen Follow the dot Coincidence makes sense Only with you You don't have to speak I feel Emotional Landscape
That was Yoga by Bjork in homage to Mark Bell, who produced it dead at the age of 43. Professor, what's another word for pirate treasure? If them's my treasure, and I'm a burying them where no one will know where they're at but me. listening to Sound Opinions, and Jim, periodically we like to do a show featuring buried treasures. What is a buried treasure? It's basically a track or an album that hasn't gotten a lot of notice uh, in the mainstream world in the last few months, but that we really like, that we weren't able to catch up with on the show up till now. I've got a stockpile of these. I know you do, too. Yeah, I sure do. You know, we did a record review roundup of the big, much-talked-about releases this fall just a couple of weeks ago. I don't know about you. I've found this fall season to be just an overflow of treasures. I had easily 14 to choose from. It was it was <laughs> difficult to narrow them down to four. But you get to start. What's your first treasure? Jim, I'm going to go to a U.K. artist out of Nottingham, England, named Liam Bailey. He's been kicking around the business since about 2008. He was in a folk collective called The Accidental that released an album. And then he started putting together a debut album that was uh, basically finished, but the record company decided not to put it out in 2011. And I think I have an idea why because they had no idea what category to put this guy in. He was drawing from all sorts of different influences, electronic music. There was sort of a Caribbean feel to some of the tracks, a little bit of folk, a little bit of soul, a little bit of rock, kind of a soulful voice, but some reggae influences in there as well. He uh, got a second shot because in uh, 2011, he co-wrote and performed on a top five hit by an electronic music group called Chase and Status, a single called Blind Faith. So we did get that second shot to make an album of his own. It's called Definitely Now. The track I want to play from it illustrates the kind of feel that this guy has as a vocalist. He's drawing on some old school soul music, but also bringing it up to date with some rock and electronic music elements. The track is called On My Mind from Liam Bailey on Sound Opinions.
That is a track called On My Mind from Liam Bailey. The new album is called Definitely Now. One of my buried treasures. Jim, what do you got up for us first? Greg, you just mentioned 2011. We were both fans of the debut album that year by Wild Flag. They came in, they played on Sound Opinions. As it turns out, that's going to be the only album from Wild Flag. Carrie Brownstein, who many people know from Sleater Kinney and, of course, from Portlandia, has pulled the plug on that supergroup. I made this point when we reviewed that album and when they appeared as guests on the show that Mary Timoney was just as important. It was a real band. All four members of that band were contributing. But Mary Timoney was singing along with Brownstein, co-writing the songs and providing the Richard Lloyd to Brownstein's Tom Verlaine. It was a real television pairing of two great guitarists. Now uh, Mary Timoney has a new band called X-Hex. It's a female trio completed by drummer Laura Harris and bassist multi-instrumentalist Betsy Ryan. I've been an unapologetic Mary Timoney fan from the beginning. Started out in the D.C. hardcore punk scene, recording for Discord Records, moved on to Boston, where she was part of that scene that gave us Dinosaur and the Pixies and Volcano Sons in a band called Helium, and then made a bunch of very cool sort of psychedelic folk, progressive rock, very witchy unicorns in the forest (laughs) sort of solo albums. I was expecting one of those from this new project because it's produced by Mitch Easter, the legendary producer behind R.E.M.'s Murmur. But no, instead of a lot of psychedelic murk, we get ferocious punk rock. Mary has said that the model was Richard Hell and the Voidoids, two albums and indeed she sounds a lot like guitarist Robert Quine when she is tearing into these nasty guitar solos. I just love this record I'm pretty sure when you listen to it you will too. This is a song called Don't Wanna Lose. It kicks off the album which is called Rips by Mary Timoney and X Hex on Sound Opinions.
Gotta love that. Don't Want to Lose by X Hex from the new album Rips on Sound Opinions. Coming up on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and PRX, we'll share more of our buried treasures. Then Greg and I will review a new release from the Detroit legend Bob Seger. is supported by Beats Music, a new music service offering curated playlists, personalized music recommendations, and access to over 20 million songs. Learn more about a 14-day trial of Beats at the App Store or at beatsmusic.com. Beats Music, the right music for right now. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Greg Pott with Jim DeRogatis, and we're running down some of our buried treasures, records that have sort of fallen underneath the mainstream radar the last few months, but that we really love a lot. And that's one of mine, a group called Twin Peaks out of Chicago, New Quartet. That is actually their second album, Wild Onion, and they are emerging strong in the footsteps of uh, another Chicago group, the Orwells, that got signed to a major label earlier this year. These guys look like the next up. I think you're going to be hearing more from them in 2015. The track I want to get to now also has some Chicago connection. It is by a duo, Miss Javon and Yuma Ray. Actually expanded to a full band, but at the core of the band is this married couple. They have a new record out called Lean Into the Wind. They describe themselves very well and very evocatively on their Facebook site. If you go there, you'll see Cosmic Americana from somewhere between Bakersfield and outer space. Um, (laughs) I love that description, and it comes fairly close to describing what they're about. They've got some of these 
country connections, going back to things like the Flying Burrito Brothers and Graham Parsons from the early 70s. They've also got a tinge of psychedelia in there. I'm hearing some qualities in uh, in Miss Javon's voice that remind me at times of Sandy Denny with the sort of haunting feel that they have. And that vibrato occasionally evokes Joan Baez. She's got a powerful, distinctive voice. And when the two of them harmonize, it's really what the core of this band is about. The track I want to play is called Blue Dream from the new album Lean Into the Wind from Miss Javon and Yuma Ray on Sound Opinions. Greg Cott's buried treasure picks Blue Dream from Miss Siobhan and Yuma Ray. Greg, I'm going over to the U.K. for my next treasure. I was a big fan of the Boo Radleys, one of those bands that were part of the psychedelic explosion in the 90s coming out of the U.K., alternately called Britpop or the scene that celebrated itself, right? We're talking about Ride and Oasis and Primal Scream, My Bloody Valentine. The Boo Radleys had a little bit of all of those groups and their approaches, something for everybody, but they never really connected with anybody big time in the U.S. It was a tragedy as far as I'm concerned. Now 
Martin Carr, years later, after the Boo Radleys and their masterful work in 95, 97, has given us a solo album. He's been putting out music ever since, but it's been so far under the radar that even a dedicated fan like me has had a hard time finding it. This new album, though, I'm telling you, is a Brit pop masterpiece. These massive sing-along choruses, just the right touch of a little orchestra here, a little bit of a horn section there, this kind of swelling exuberance, all paired with lyrics that are sort of sad and introspective. He is forever writing about the role of the outsider, as you might expect from a guy who named his band after the character in To Kill a Mockingbird, right? Boo Radley. The twist now is that he's 46 years old, and instead of writing about the outsider taking psychedelic drugs to connect with the universe, he's writing about the 46-year-old dad who's smoking pot in the morning and then winding up dropping the kids off in the minivan late for school. It's actually kind of funny. This is a song called St. Peter in Chains from Martin Carr's solo album. It's called The Breaks on Sound Opinions. That is Martin Carr with St. Peter in Chains, one of Jim DeRogatis' buried treasures. 
Jim, I want to go uh, to the Pacific Northwest for my next pick, uh, a group called Say Hi, formerly known as Say Hi to Your Mom. Now, this group's been around for a while. Uh, They started in Brooklyn in 2002 and put out eight albums, all of them criminally underappreciated, I think. Occult artists in the full definition of that term, you've got a picture of Eric L. Bogan, basically this one-man band next to those words, cult artist, in the dictionary somewhere, I'm sure. He has basically succeeded in building this beautiful sound in a series of bedroom recordings, working with mostly drum machines and synthesizers, keyboards, his vocals. And a lot of people, I think, are missing out on his new album, Endless Wonder, because they're saying, well, it's a little sleepier, a little more mellow, a little less abrasive, a little less aggressive than some of his earlier work. But I think uh, for those of you who have completely missed out on this artist, this is a great starting point. The melodies have always been there with this guy, and I think the slower tracks on this record actually emphasize the fact how beautiful some of these songs are. He's basically looking at you know love and, uh, and in its entanglements from all angles. It's a lovely concept album in that way, and of his eight studio albums, it's the one I like the most. Say Hi is the name of the artist, the name of the album is called Endless Wonder, and here's a track from it called Critters on Sound Opinions. from Say Hi on Sound Opinions, one of my buried treasures. Jim, you've got another choice. What's coming up? 
I do, Greg, and I love this album as much as I love the X-Hex record. This is a record from a band called The Go to Beds with the punning title of Poor People Are Revolting. Now, okay, I'm a sucker for Wire, right? A band that names themselves after the drummer in Wire, Robert Godebed, and puts out a record on 12XU Records, <laughs> the new label started by Matador's Gerard Cosley. But I'm actually going to be more skeptical when I listen to that for the first time, because if you're invoking my heroes, you better be good. This band is not only good, it's great. It's from Pittsburgh. It is very much in the model of parquet courts, doing that slacker, seemingly loose, but actually very focused garage rock, urban, underground sound. You know, there's a couple of Jim DeRogatis cliches, all right? I'm always talking about subway train rhythms. So sue me. I grew up in New York, all right? They got the subway train rhythms. They got the beer-soaked often very profane, sociological, wise-ass lyrics, and they've got these guitars. And I mean guitars that erupt at times, like the Velvet Underground guitar in I Heard or Call My Name. Have you heard this record yet? I have not. This is a Greg Cott record. You've got to listen to this record. This is a really <laughs> good record, but it's a Jim Deere Goddess record because I got there first. The lyrics in this tune I'm going to play, uh, one of the only clean ones on the record, have no sense whatsoever. I walk the 16 blocks to your house out on loan, the need to own the things I want but don't own fast trash, fast trash, right? That's the entirety of the lyrics. The only words you can actually make out are fast trash, but that's what it sounds like. And man, I love it. Fast trash by the go-to-beds from Poor People Are Revolting on Sound Opinions. Fast Trash from the go-to-beds. Poor people are revolting on Sound Opinions. 
you want to share your own buried treasures on the air or comment on anything in the rock world, call 888-859-1800. We're going to be back with our final picks and a review of the new album by Bob Seger. That's in a minute on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX. Welcome back to Sound Opinions. I'm Jim Deergatis. My partner is Greg Cott. And that's a little bit of the new album from The Rentals. They were going to be one of my buried treasures too, Greg. One of the two dozen I had. Rentals, led by Matt Sharp, formerly of Weezer, was on those first two Weezer albums. We reviewed Weezer's latest a few weeks ago. I love that song, Thought on Sound from Lost in Alphaville by The Rentals. But the next band I'm going to talk about at length is called Sid Arthur. And Greg, they, they hail from that northwestern British cathedral city of Canterbury. In the late 60s and early 70s, that town was the home of the coolest end of the progressive folk jazz rock scene in the UK. I'm talking about bands like Soft Machine, Caravan, and Camel. These kids, and they're young, their 20s, are trying to revive that sound. Not in a copying, imitative way. That's a hard sound to imitate. You've got to be ambitious to try to do it. There's a little bit of artistic ambition here, to be sure. The name Sid Arthur is a combination of Three things they admire, Sid Barrett, Pink Floyd's founder, the Kinks rock opera Arthur, and the Herman Hesse novel Sid Harta. (laughs) All right? They've also got a relative of Kate Bush, her nephew, Raven Bush, on violin. Yes, there's violin. All great progressive rock has a little violin and orchestral (laughs) touches. But there's also that jazz thing that Soft Machine did so well, those weird bebop rhythms and the kind of trippiness of just British folk in general. I'm thinking of something like Incredible String Band. It's a unique stew, at least for this century. (laughs) We haven't heard it since those bands I was talking about. Listen to this song. It's called Sinkhole. It's from Sid Arthur's album Sound Mirror on Sound Opinion. Oh, 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 oh,
That was Sinkhole, my last buried treasure for this show from Sid Arthur. Sound Mirror is the album. Greg, what's your last treasure? Final pick, Jim, for me is going to be Sonny Knight and his fabulous Lakers, and they are fabulous. And I love this story. You know, in the last decade or so, we've seen a lot of these long-buried soul greats make late-career comebacks or in some ways start their careers from scratch at, at a much later age than one would normally expect. I'm thinking about artists like Sharon Jones and Charles Bradley who put their names on the map you know, in their 50s and 60s, you know, when they really never got a proper shot back in the day. And the same is true of Sunny Night. In 1965, at the age of 17, it looked like the whole world was opening up for Sunny Night because he had a hit at that age. But he really never got a chance after that. He was in a mid-70s funk group called Hayes that broke up. By the 80s, Sonny was driving trucks. He got back into music. He moved into the Minneapolis region, was doing some soul reviews, and uh, hooked up with a uh, a drummer named Eric Foss, who was running the Secret Stash label. Foss really helped put Sonny Knight back on the map, and it is well-deserved. Now into his 60s, Sonny Knight is a powerhouse vocalist. And this recording that they made, his debut album in his mid-60s, sounds like a live recording. It sounds like it was done, you know, in the moment. It has that sort of vibrancy to it. And, and Sunny Knight is the goods with his vocal power. Sunny Knight and his fabulous Lakers with the track called Juicy Lucy from the new album, I'm Still Here on Sound Opinions. That is Juicy Lucy from Sunny Night and his fabulous Lakers. I'm Still Here is the name of the album, the last of my buried treasures. For the complete list of buried treasures from Jim and me, go to soundopinions.org. You can also give us a call to suggest your own buried treasures at 888-859-1800.
You're listening to Sound Opinions, and that is Bob Seeger from the album Ride Out, a song called Detroit Made, his 17th studio album, Greg. You have to go back to 1961, 55 years ago, to chart the beginning of Bob Seeger's career as a garage rock musician, part of that Nuggets era, in Detroit and Ann Arbor. You know, in 68, Greg, he formed a band called the Bob Seeger System, signed to Capitol Records, released an album called Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, and that title track gave him his first hit. But he really got huge on FM rock radio in 76, 77, 78, with those studio albums Night Moves and Hollywood Nights. Those two songs were hits. So were Rock and Roll Never Forgets. Still the same. We've got tonight, old-time rock and roll. You've heard them. You've heard them a million times at Bad Barbecue Picnics and in car commercials. But Bob Seger, there's more to the story than that. He has been a prolific artist, but only at the pace of about an album every half decade. Like I said, Ride Out is the 17th record of his career. He recorded it down in Nashville with Session Pros and with the help of some interesting collaborators. Detroit Made was co-written with John Hyatt, the great singer-songwriter. He covers Steve Earle and that Wilco-Woody Guthrie collaboration, California Stars, on here. Let's get into the music, and then we'll come back and give our opinions on the new tunes. This is a song called Adam and Eve from Bob Seger's new album, Ride Out, on Sound Opinions. My name is Adam My name is Eve I was the first man To live and breathe God made the ocean He made it blue He told us don't eat Forbidden fruit Oh, he can see But he was resting on that seventh day She met a serpent that afternoon He smiled at her and she broke the That is Adam and Eve from the new Bob Seger album, Ride Out. Bob Seger at 69 years old, still making records. And yeah, it's a valid question. You know, what has Bob Seger got to say to us today? You know, why should we care? Well, and I was asking myself that question. (laughs) When I'm listening to a new Bob Seger record, I go, what's this guy got to tell us? And frankly, 
when I think of Seeger and what I loved about Seeger as a young artist was, you know, that sense of soul and early rock and roll, that raspy voice. There was a real grit to Bob Seeger in those early garage rock days that I really have missed over his most mainstream albums. But meanwhile, Seeger, I think, gets the last laugh because in creating those super hits from the late 70s, early 80s, you know, maybe didn't hold up so well on on the classic rock stations, but there is certainly something to be said for the number of Nashville artists who have cited Seeger as an influence. When you talk about the new Nashville sound, Zach Brown, Travis Tritt, Jason Aldean, this kind of muscular take on the heartland rock Mm -hmm. that Seeger created back in that era— you're starting to hear Seeger now saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, I get it. I'm going to go to Nashville and start making it. records. I made this sound. <laughs> so he's got a little bit more banjo and fiddle on the record now, you know, and he's recording duets with people like Vince Gill, who sings on one of the tracks on this record. Once you wrap your head around where Seeger coming from, I'm not going to get early 70s garage rock Seeger. I'm going to get the Seeger that influenced contemporary Nashville and him doing his own take on that particular sound. And there's a certain amount of cleverness and a certain amount of wit in the lyrics that I think even some of the Nashville pros are missing that Seeger gets, not to mention that distinctive rasp in the voice. I like it from that aspect. It's not a great Seeger record. Those people who love the early stuff like I did are probably not going to get it. But I think as an influence, I think the guy deserves his victory lap. I'm going to give it a try it rating. I'll agree with your try it, Greg. It's not a great album, but I have made this point, and it always gets a rise out of you, so I'll make it again. I would rather listen to Bob Seeger any day of the week doing his take on Heartland Rock Hokum than listening to Bruce Springsteen doing the same, because Springsteen puts in the poetic pretension. There's no pretension with Bob Seeger. He's just having fun. He's on the back of the pickup truck, swilling a beer, and singing you some songs. You know what I mean? Some of them are pretty cool. Some of them are pretty heavy, though. It's your world where he starts telling us about, you know, global meltdown <laughs> and global warming. It's like, all right, Bob, all right, whatever. You know, pass, pass me another beer, Bob, okay? Three ecology anthems on this Three record. ecology anthems. Bob's upset that the world's dying. All right, fine. But there is a connection between Bob Seeger and Steve Earle when he covers Devil's Right Hand. There is a connection between Seeger and Woody Guthrie. And I like that. He is underscoring that and reminding us of it. So, yeah, it's a triad record. There's some good moments on here. You don't have to buy it, though. You may well hear it on a car commercial soon. What do we have on the show next week, Greg? Jim, Halloween is coming up, and we're going to take a long look at rock and the occult. Ooh, sounds scary. Sound Opinions is produced by Robin Lynn, Jason Saldana, and Anthony Martinez, and our intern is Alex Claiborne. Sound opinions, everyone's a critic. So now it's time to hear what you have to say. Just look into my eyes. I'll be there to make you feel right. If you're feeling sorry and sad, I'd really sympathize. Don't you be sad, just call me tonight. New messages. Hey, Jim and Greg, this is Alex, and I'm calling from Minneapolis, although I recently had some time in London, which turned me on to what I'm going to suggest to you guys today. And I would love to see a show about 
the Mercury Prize, which is an award for the best album coming out of the United Kingdom and Ireland each year. Unlike the Grammys that are really pop and radio-oriented, Mercury Prize has a critical bent, and it's about novel, interesting, and intriguing music. If you go back, you have winners like Primal Scream in the early 90s, and more recently, James Blake or the Arctic Monkeys. And this year's no different. There is a ton of electronic pop and left-field R&B that you guys have talked so much about. Uh, my favorite is, has to be Jungle, though, who kind of has an early 90s delight-type hook edge to it. Hey guys, this is Nando uh, from Berlin. I was listening to your review of the Weezer record, and I gotta say, I could not agree more with Jim Durgatis' review. And I, I've been just so excited about this record. I've been listening to it all week long, over and over. You know, I never thought that in my lifetime I would say this again, you know, this, this sentence. But yeah, the new Weezer record is amazing. I can't stop listening to it. Maybe Greg is a little prejudiced because of he's rationalizing things a little bit and maybe considering too much certain things that Rivers may or may not have said. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. If you listen to the music, if you listen to this record from beginning to end, it's just a solid album. As a band, I feel like they sound a lot more tight. And there's so many good songs, and the whole thing just plays really amazing. I mean, those three last songs, the way the album closes... Just so cool. Thanks, guys. Love the show. Yeah, hi, Sound Opinions. This is Will from Mount Kisco, New York, longtime listener. I am just commenting, I don't know if anyone's ever done this before, but I want to comment on another listener's comment, and that is Heather from New Hampshire, who called in or you interviewed about her favorite riff, and she mentioned uh, Can't You Hear Me Knocking by The Stones. I think it was a brilliant choice. I hadn't listened to the song in a while, though I've probably listened to it a couple hundred times. I just pulled it out on vinyl and listened to it two straight times, and what a good call she made. Amazing song. hearing the background on it and then going back and reading Keith's book about what he had to say about it. This is why we listen to public radio. It's amazing. Keep up the good work, everybody, and uh, listeners, keep it coming. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. No more messages. Oh. 
to share your opinions on Sound Opinions, call 888-859-1800. We'll be back next week on Sound Opinions from WBEZ Chicago and distributed by PRX.